Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Chris and Rod here with episode 32 of the Should I Play That podcast. What's going on, everybody? Uh, we got a pretty fun episode uh, for you guys. Um, before we even start with all that stuff, Rod, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not bad, man. Pretty pretty good. You know, for a second, I thought you were about to say, you know, we have an empty room, which is relatively true, but the show is going to stay fun. It's always fun. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's true. The past couple of episodes, shout out to um, to James. He's been on the last couple. Shout out to Herb. He's I think he was on episode 30. Yep. Uh, check those episodes out. Really good episodes. But yeah, this episode is just me and you, man. But uh I'm, 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 it's cool. Just, it's just, I feel like we'll be able to talk about everything we want to talk about. No, no rushing. Uh, you know, we can, we have more time to actually like dive in on certain topics. And then, of course, at the end of the episode, as you know, we're doing with this new season, we're going to have a topic at the end of this episode. And that's going to be based on just like horror video games, just in general. What our favorites are, if we're, you know, we're going to talk about if we're going to be playing any uh, this October. But before we get into all that, let's just shoot the shit, man. What, what you been up to? I have been seeing a lot of movies lately. like, And I've been slacking, which is odd for me. But the last few weeks, I've just been busy with, like, serious stuff like work. <laughs> um, and so I've been getting up to the theater a little bit more often and uh, seeing seeing a couple of the the really good stuff that's out there so i saw hustlers like last week oh how was that uh very good it's actually extremely good jennifer lopez is after 20 years is in a really good movie so and that is not a slight <laughs> that, is, that is not a slight <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know she had some bumps in her acting career but i don't i never thought she was a bad performer i thought that you know the movies just most of the movies that she was in were just it just didn't really utilize her talents. You know, she was you know, in a lot of like. You know, it's funny. I feel like that? that wasn't a slight towards J Lo, but in my mind, you automatically attacked Beyonce. <laughs> that's, wait, that's, wait. that's 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 my mind. My mind went when you said that. Wait, what, what's the connection between Beyonce and and, and J Lo? She can't act. Wow. Okay. I <laughs> wow. Um, have I seen Beyonce in anything besides? Okay, so she was in Lion King. That was all right, I guess. Whatever. Um, she was in Dreamgirls. Austin Powers. Oh, oh, I never saw that one. I never saw that one. She um, and then she, she was in like another animated movie, but like the consensus is that she's like horrible as a voice actor or actress. Oh, huh. Well. Because it's basically her playing as herself. Mm, I could see that for Lion King, for for Nala. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, yeah, I mean, Hustlers was very good though. Like uh, Jennifer Lawrence, or Lawrence Lopez is very good. Um, Constance Wu was great. Like all the performers in it were fantastic. It's it's a uh, it's. I don't want to give it too much away because if you haven't seen it yet, you should go in like as blind as possible. But I will say that it is reminiscent of like almost like a heist movie in a, in a mm, lot of ways. I love those. Yeah, then you would really like this. It's very good. For the first, like, 15 minutes, 15 or 20 minutes, it kind of plays like a movie that you might think that it is, but it was actually made by a cast, and or uh, I want to say majority of the filmmakers involved were women. I know the director was a woman, but, like, you could kind of tell that, like, you know, this is not, like, from the male gaze perspective, you know, when it comes to a lot of things. So it's like, yeah, it's about strippers, but it's about so much more than just 
that. It's, it's really looking at that world as like, you know, as what it is, which is a job. It's, it's labor. It's something that you're getting paid for. So like, you know, it's a very matter of fact in a lot of things that it shows. Um, and yeah, it's very cool. I just saw Ad Astra last night, actually. Okay. Um, both of these movies, by the way, I was not expecting to to be good. Uh, like the trailers for them, that I saw teasers for both of them, and I was not feeling either of them. But uh, I was proven wrong. I went to go see them based off word of mouth, like uh, some critics that I follow uh, in my circle, like you know, really were talking these up. So I was like, all right, I'll go see it. I'll go check them out, and I'm very glad that I did. Um, Brad Pitt gives a, a really great performance as well in that movie um and it is not an action movie as well so people i feel like go into it thinking that it might be it got advertisements and tv spots like all over the nfl um mm-hmm. like the week that it came out but no it is a thinking man's movie meaning that it is like the sh- it's it's like uh more 2001 than interstellar i would say um so yeah it's it's a very it's it's has a glacial pace, but like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that the kind of things that it depicts and talks about is very interesting. Um, it's about a guy who goes out to space to look for his long lost father, basically. Um, and it's, it's very good. There's a lot of things going on there, uh, more so than I think I could <laughs> fit into to this discussion, but. See, I, I feel like we're in a part of the year where these movies that are coming out, I mean, we're, you know, we're past the, you know, summer blockbusters where you could literally like just sit down and turn off your brain. And now we're sort of going into the time where you could, you know, you, you sort of want to pay attention while watching these movies because you'll pick up on stuff or you may completely like miss out on stuff if you're not paying, paying attention. So I don't know. Like I, I, I love this time of year for theater. Um, you know, we yeah. have, I mean, as of this recording coming out, we have Joker that's coming out or is out. Yeah. At this point. So. Yep. Really excited to see that one. Yep. <laughs> I'm definitely excited to see some things in that movie and maybe more about the conversation around it rather than the movie itself. Although, uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to do a good job. I think he's going to do a very good job. Mm hmm. Uh, and I think he's gonna do a good job, and I'll leave it at that. You just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But what about you, Chris? What's, what's going on with you, man? Uh, nothing much, man. Just, you know, uh, you know, work is starting to pick up a little bit. We're doing more things. And, um, I, I sort of like, alright, so my shift on video games, like, I'm, I still have time to play, but I, I just, right now, I can't invest, like, the time. You know, there's, uh, I don't know, I like the fall. I love, like, how the weather is, so, you know, I would want to, you know, check out Fright Fest that started, um, check out some, you know, uh, haunted houses, you know, we have, we're in the fair season right now, so, you know, the, I think the Georgia fair might be finished by the time this episode comes out, but the Perry Fair is, uh, still, I think it's starting now or soon, mm-hmm. so, I, you know, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm a sucker for those things. I'm a sucker for like just the fall in general, but it sort of feels like we're still in, you know, perpetual summer because it's still mm, like 96 degrees in Atlanta. So I'm I'm not getting, I'm not getting the fall effect yet. Yeah. That's supposed to end next week though. We're supposed to get like lows in the forties and fifties. Yeah, sure it is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, we never know until it actually happens. That's also true. 
Yeah, but, you know, besides that, like I said, you know, these movies are coming out. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to check out these fairs. You know, you know, life is good right now. Life is good. And then, of course, the video games. Mm, good segue. Video games, that's what we got going on. That's what this podcast is about. And what we like doing at the beginning of every episode is sort of giving, like, a nice little recap of what we've been playing recently. So, with this, just me and you, Rod... Rod, <laughs> what you been playing, man? I finished Fire Emblem. Ooh, applause. Let's go ahead and throw in the sound effect. <laughs> I did it, man. After 70 goddamn hours, I did it. Um, someone asked me, was it worth it? And my answer to that question is, it is not worth 70 hours, but it is a good game, though. Generally, I enjoyed myself. It is very repetitive. A lot of stuff that we've talked about, like, last week is, in my opinion, has not changed from that. Like, you know, the characters are are just super strong throughout. Some really odd choices, it, narratively, like, mm-hmm. half halfway through that game that I'm just like, why did that happen? Um which we'll talk about maybe on a spoiler cast we just finished discussing uh, off air but yeah like i i mean i'm happy to be done with it i am super bummed like having finished it i'm extremely curious like what the other side of looks like like i said last week i i, I wish i knew and had the context for some of these events um that that occur it, it's it it kind of sucks, honestly, that that I, I don't. So, um, what I feel like is that this is the perfect game where, like, if you're crazy enough, you can knock out those uh, you can knock out those three playthroughs or potentially four. And just like what I've been saying the past couple of weeks is that you know the more the more that you play in the game, the more that you complete it, um, your new game plus like it becomes easier and easier. So you're not starting from scratch when you start the game over. You're able to bring some stats over, able to, you know, um, you know, like the relationship meter, you're able to uh, use points to max that back out. So I feel like your subsequent playthroughs won't be as long and you can sort of just focus on what you want to focus on. You're right. They'll be 40 hours instead of 70. Yeah. I mean, I say that like, like tongue in, tongue in cheek like that's, that's still not like ideal you know i shouldn't have to play 100 hours of your game to get the full picture the full narrative but like here we are i mean and i i get it. like some people might go oh man that's value but like i'm not really someone who equates you know at time spent with something with dollar amount so mm-hmm. like you know i'll spend 60 dollars on a game that's you know a fraction a tenth of that length of time and and be perfectly happy which i did with control like you know i spent fit well i spent 50 on control but like you know it was a full price video game that you know um i, I spent about 10 to 15 hours with and was a hundred percent well 95 percent satisfied all the technical issues aside um and yeah i mean with with fire emblem it's like there's enough there, there's enough there that doesn't makes sense to me um just narratively to where it's like like those dots aren't connected through the 70 hours that i spent on one playthrough like and that to me is is the point where it might get a little excessive a little egregious um but 
that will be a to be continued conversation for our spoiler cast. So we yep, can definitely really dive into that. Um, so as soon as I finished that game, I hopped into another release that just happened on the Switch. Now this is an older game that came out on the Xbox a, a while back, but it's making it, it made its debut on Switch uh, last week, and that is Ori and the Blind Forest. Mm. Mm-hmm. By Moon Studios, published by Microsoft, which is wild to see on the eShop. Um, but so, so, question: When you start the game up, does it show like a Microsoft Splash logo? Do you see an Xbox Splash logo? How, what do they do? It is Microsoft Studios Splash okay. logo. Yeah, okay. They, they they get the opening logo there, um, being the publisher, and so. You, I kind of texted you about this too. I was like, hey, uh, what should I, you know, I'm trying to decide what to play next. And you mm-hmm. were like, you're like, play Ori, play Ori in the Blind Forest. You know, it, it'll be a palate cleanser. So we're going to come back to that term in a minute. Um, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I didn't know, so I, I know about Ori. I know of Ori, but I didn't really know, like, what Ori was. You know, I didn't know, I didn't even, I've completely forgot it was a Metroidvania. Honestly, like mm-hmm. completely. So I- I'm picking this game up thinking it's like some cutesy, like easy going side scroller. No, like it's 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 cute, but it's not like it's it's not some walk in the park, like some walk in the forest, one might say. Like, you know, uh, this this game is fucking hard. <laughs> this game Oof. is really hard sometimes. Have you played this game? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so I think I, I and I think I have it for PC, maybe. It might be on Game Pass. Yeah, I feel like it might be, but but this game is not easy. So I'm I'm over here, you know, under the expectation that this game is is gonna be just like I don't even know what to compare to. Bro, yeah, walking apart or walking the forest. <laughs> exactly, like. I, I'm thinking that it's it's going to be pretty breezy, but this game is a hardcore Metroid uh, style. I'm not going to say Dark Souls, but like it's it's very precise, almost Super Meat Boy esque in 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 parts. Um, th- so the 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 premise is that you are playing this, I guess, forest spirit that um, was living on this tree, but the tree was attacked one day. Um, by this big, this large bird, and it was in, uh, you, like, fall, you, or as Ori, you fall off the tree, and, and, like, the, the land is, like, completely, like, the, the, the tree, that's, the life that it gave the forest is, like, snuffed out. And so, like, now everything is kind of in disarray, there's poison and swamps, and just, like, it's just a bad time in this forest. And, as Ori, you kind of get you get you. Uh, there's a, a caretaker that uh, that kind of nurses you back to health, and and uh, events transpire. You leave your caretaker, and you are kind of out on the world, like on your own, and you're kind of getting the backstory of this forest, this place in the tree, like as you're progressing through through the game, uh, through different areas. And, you know, you have a map, just like any Metroidvania that's kind of illuminated as th- you're going through spots. Uh, and uh, so one thing about this game that is kind of frustrating and I don't super love, saving is actually a currency. Um, 
you actually get you have to save using these these orbs um, that are I would say relatively plentiful, but eh, kind of. But you only have you start the game with only capable of carrying one large orb, and you can use the large orb to either attack enemies in a in like a greater burst of damage, or you can save. Wait, and that's, what? Yeah, so and there's an autosave mechanic, but you can't really trust it because you don't really know when it's going to kind of autosave. It generally autosaves if you enter like a new area. Um, and I don't love the idea of saving being tied to currency. So there's been, it, it's been numerous times when like I've maybe forgotten to save or like manually save and I have to restart something like. A while. I haven't had to do like an hour or something, but it's definitely been like maybe five to ten minutes, and it, or it's been after a particularly hard section or platforming section. Um, and death is relatively uh, d- death and respawn is relatively quick, but again, if you don't save, like you're not gonna respawn where you want to respawn. Um, so that has been a little frustrating at times, and it's something you definitely have to get used to. Um, and, and maybe, and I'm not sure if it's like completely fair of me to, 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 you know, um, critique the game off of that because it is a mechanic that the developer does expect you to kind of get used to, but yeah, it's just not something that I I love, uh, honestly. Um, but I will say that like, you know, the game is beautiful. Like the, the graphics are, are, uh, this art style, I should really say is, is wonderful. And, and the music is phenomenal. Like I've, I've heard stories about how people love the music in Ori and, and that, that all that is absolutely true. Like the aesthetic around this game is, is, is neat. Um, you know, the story seems like it's, it's there. It's fine. Um, you know, a lot of it is being told to you as you're going through. Um, and there's narration. Um, that is kind of appears on the screen because uh, as people as the forest kind of talks to you or the tree sort of talks to you uh, or to Ori specifically, like it's in kind of unintelligible it's an unintelligible language like kind of like what they what they do in Animal Crossing where it's like you can't really it's just gibberish or simlish or whatever yeah. um, you can't really tell what they're saying but like it's translated into English and it appears like as as text overlaid in the background which is a neat device I like that. Um, and there is combat, but it's very light. In fact, I don't think that the developer even wants you to to engage in combat very much. Um, there's like a light that follows you around, almost like a Navi, and like it attacks enemies for you because Ori doesn't physically attack things. Um, well, you can. There's an ability that lets you bash enemies, but uh, but yeah, it's it's not very combat focused. There is an ability at some point. I would say a lot of the the mechanics are based around environmental uh, hazards and avoiding those. So, so it's more of a platformer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's a hundred percent more of that than, than anything else. Um, at least that's what I get from like the design philosophy. Um, so yeah, you're, it's, it's more uh, super meat boy. Um, so, you know, it, but I would say a little le- uh, more forgiving than that, but not by a whole lot. The game is extremely precise in what it wants you to do. Um, there are escape sequences that happen uh, during certain parts of the game, and they are not a joke. They are they must be done in one run, and they are they test you. They test your metal uh, <laughs> pretty pretty intensely. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, having a lot of fun though with the game. It, 
you know, and I, it is something I'm going to finish. And I did pick it up because, like, it only takes, like, 10 hours or so to get through, which is great. I've, I've been coming off of these extremely long games lately. So mm-hmm. this is, this, this is nice. Um, in See, that sense, it's a and, I'll, and, I'll, and I was going to say that, that was, that's why I thought it was going to be a palette cleanser. Cause I, I thought the game was, like, you know, short and I've heard great things about it. So that'd be a good segue into another, you know, some of these other games that are coming out, but. Damn man, I'm I'm sorry that you have to walk into the forest blind. Oh, brother, oh, this yeah, guy yeah, good stinks. One. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's all good. Overall, the recommendation was 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 good, and I would recommend this game to 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 almost anyone. Um, and you know, I'm, as I finish it, this, probably this week, like I'll come back to it next week. But yeah, I mean, so far so good. It's 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 solid. It's it's a fun experience for sure um so the other game that i got into was uh, which i picked up around the same time as ori was uh was the legend of zelda of Link's awakening and got that after a week that it's been out um, because that art style man i couldn't resist you know i was looking at some videos of, of that game and just just loving it it, it looks so cool um nice. Just like little crafts, like it, and it's that art style is so like adorable that it's it's hard to put the game down just off of that alone. Like it's, um, if you've seen the game already, you know what it's kind of like. Um, it, it honestly is like someone at Nintendo just sat down and crafted a bunch of like, uh, paper, um, like paper versions of like these, or or you know what they look like kind of Russian dolls almost. Yeah, like, I was gonna say more. It's more like. You know, uh, Russian doll esque. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely like more Russian dolls. Um, and, uh, and and everything is like that too. So I've never played Link's Awakening. Um, and actually, let me preface everything that I'm about to say with the fact that like I'm not a huge Zelda fan. Like I mean, not saying that I don't like the series, but you know, I just I didn't grow up playing the games. Um, I played most of the games later in life, so I don't have that nostalgia or like that 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 hunger for for Zelda games like you know when a Zelda comes out I go oh that's cool like maybe I'll check that out mm-hmm. um so and especially this, this applies especially for the 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 2D games um I I really have not played a lot of the, I played the original Zelda a little bit and I played uh, a bit of Link to the Past but like that's it um I didn't I did not complete those games I I don't have a you know a super affinity for them but um I do acknowledge that they're great games though um, but I've never played Link's Awakening, you know, all that said. So this is a completely new experience to me. Um, I had no idea that, like, there were Mario things in this game. Like, there yeah, are... Yeah, it's really weird. It's, <laughs> it's unsettling. Like, <laughs> like, there are Chain Chomps and Goombas, and it's not really explained. Like, when you... So the game begins with this really awesome animated sequence that is not in the game's art style of Link like sailing across the sea. We don't know why he's just on a boat and uh, it's in the middle of a thunderstorm and um and lightning strikes the boat and sure enough uh, next thing you know he wakes up on this island and um and yeah it, it's the aesthetic that we that we know uh, the Russian doll aesthetic and you know this this woman 
uh, who Link actually mistakes for Zelda, uh, is who uh, her name is Marin, and she's like, hey, yeah, you washed up on the the shore, and uh, hey, you know your sword's at the beach, you should probably go get it, yada yada yada, and you just kind of go do that thing like the normal Zelda thing to do, mm-hmm. um, and. From there, it kind of just goes, and there's an owl that tells you, like, hey, if you want to leave this uh, this island, you have to go wake up the windfish. Like, there's this this windfish sleeping at the top of this hill or this mountain. Um, you need to go wake him up if you ever want to leave. And so you're like, okay, I guess I'll go do that. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at in the game. I think I'm on the third dungeon at the moment. Um, so that's about a quarter through the game. Um, but yeah. So, so I was gonna say, so you know, you're a quarter way through. Um, about how many hours do you think you pumped into it? Uh, maybe like three, maybe. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think uh, we touched. Well, uh, yeah, we touched on this on episode thirty when we had uh, Herb on. Yeah. But yeah, the game. I mean, the the game was originally you know a handheld game, so right. it's gonna be shorter than most Zelda games. But I feel like the dungeons themselves are sort of more memorable because like they uh. I don't know, I feel like they, it, it goes to that, you know, formula of, you know, getting a, a particular item, using that item to sort of get around the dungeon, and then using that item to fight the boss. Yeah, so, so far, that's a really good point. So, so far, it's been that. Um, the first dungeon was extremely easy. The second one was mostly easy. They did have, like, one mechanic I thought was really cool. Um, but a lot of the f- combat is extremely simple. Like, it is, mm-hmm. it's it's very much like you're moving in that classic Zelda kind of, uh, I, I, not isometric but like kind of top-down-ish view mm-hmm. um and the bosses kind of go in very uh, obvious patterns like very horizontal vertical you just avoid hit them in the back a couple times and then move away um so it things are not complicated at all this is a perfect game for children to be honest um like it's and i don't say that in a disparaging way i, I just say the accessibility level is just there to to make it very easy for people to pick up and play. It was funny when you said that. I imagined like a grown up playing the game and just being frustrated that they're stuck somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean that was me. I was that guy. Like for for a minute, like I was. I, I wasn't like they do make it pretty hard to get stuck because there's a, like the owl that kind of gives you objectives. Like you, like he tell he literally tells you where to go next. So there's like three things. It's the owl. Um. Uh, who also any important conversation that you have is actually marked in your journal and you could just always refer back to it. So it's never like you can forget what has been told to you or where to go next. Um, there are these phone booths that are spread out throughout the island where like this recluse in the, in the village that you wake up in is like, like he won't tell you anything if like you go to his actual house and try to talk to him. He's like, he's super super like he's a hermit basically um and but he'll talk to you if you talk to him on the phone so like uh and there's and these phone booths are throughout the island and you go there and he'll be like hey yeah you should go get some bananas or whatever and then you'll go out and you'll like you see you'll see a monkey so it'll be like oh okay so obviously i need to give bananas to this monkey and he'll do something for me um and uh also every time you pick up an item it'll tell you on the screen in like white uh like white background black text like go to the prairie or go to the castle or whatever like it's really hard to get lost in this game um the where people might get stuck or tripped up is like 
there might be a couple dungeon mechanics that I would say are uh, uh, kind of clever in that way. So it's not immediately obvious. You might have to think. Um, but as far as like, you know, oh, I don't know where to go. Like it's, it's hard. It's hard to get lost. Um, but, but I mean, that's, that's good though. Like I don't want to be lost. <laughs> um, at least not overly so. You know, give me some direction, but like, I, it's, I'm, a, you know, I'm appreciative when I, I don't have to have my hand held all the time, like the whole game, you know. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a pretty classic Zelda experience that, that I'm really enjoying. And, and honestly, the music and the, the art style are carrying me through. So See, you know, what's funny is that, you know, before the game coming out, um, I've heard people say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, go back and replay the original before this comes out. I feel like this game has so many quality of life changes that I would have hated to have done that. Cause they're like, um, like the item management in the original game. Uh, you remember the, this game originally came out on the Game Boy. So you had, you know, two buttons and, you know, for the most part, you had your shield, you had your sword and like your shield was set to like one button. So if you wanted, if you were like platforming or you're, you needed to use a certain item, you would have to give up one of those slots for that item. And then there are certain instances where you sort of have to switch and like sort of go back to the start menu, change the item and then unpause and then use the item that you need to use. So it's cool. It's cool that, you know, I've heard that since there are more buttons on the switch, you know, they're able to you know, sort of spread that out. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can kind of spread it out. I haven't had any issues with the item management so far. Um, and that's, that's great, you know, um, especially in a game where you will be constantly going in and out of menus, like pretty often. Um, I don't plan on 100%ing this game. I, I plan on just kind of getting through the dungeons and maybe like, you know, if there's a, a secret or optional dungeon, which I think there's at least one, um, you know, I'll check that out, but, you know, uh, so far I'm having a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's the kind of fun that, I thought I would I was gonna get from Ori to be to be honest with you. Um, uh, so, it, so I guess that was your real palate cleanser then, right? Yeah, yeah. In a way, that was really the true palate cleanser. There's just something like there's just something breezy about it, and apparently, like it gets like a little dark later on. But like so far, it's pretty it's pretty light and pretty fun. Um, and it, like I said, it's 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 mildly unsettling because like you do have like a, apparently. You know, this is the first Zelda, or maybe not only, but yeah, this is the first Zelda with a jump button. It was, I think, mm-hmm. um, like a dedicated jump button. And so, yeah, like you're, there are sequences where you see the Goombas, and like you're, it's almost like they're they're underground, and the screen goes in a side-scrolling manner, like it would in a Mario game, and you can actually stomp on them to kill them. And it's just, it's like, what is going on right now? It's bizarre uh so something is not right with this island and i do love that like there are hints like i said it is a light game but there are hints of something weird going on just because like there's there are a couple villagers who are like not right <laughs> seemingly yeah like, there's, like, there's this one who's like uh her name is like grandma yahoo and like after every single sentence, he just says Yahoo, and it's something about it that's just so weird. And like one of the chain chomps like talks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like yeah, I want like a ribbon. Like I, it's just weird. It's fucking weird. So it's I'm looking forward to just seeing 
what it is. Um, I have a feeling I might know, and I hope that it's not that. But, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So yeah, I think that that's Link's Awakening. I'm sure I'll talk about that again next week because I, I don't know if I'll finish it next week, but I'll, I'll I'll might be close next week. So that about wraps it up for what I've been doing. But Chris, what you been yeah. playing? All right, so. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start off with uh, Night in the Woods. I finally finished Night in the Woods. Oh, good, nice. Yes. So, um, you know, we've, we've I've talked about this on and off. Uh, I guess a little bit like the past week or two, and then like months ago when I started playing the game and ended up just dropping it because of other stuff. But you know, it's a it's a it's an interesting game. It's a I feel like this is like a palate cleanser type of game because that's sort of what I used it for. Um, okay. After playing some games that uh sort of got me on edge i was like you know what let me play let me i just went into my library and i was like let me just let me just play something different let me just play something that's not gonna anger me so yeah um that's night in the woods it's a adventure slash like walking simulator slash platformer type game yeah i'm so glad that you finished it because it is i feel like so relatable on a lot of levels um, you know, if you've ever either experienced some sort of like, uh, social trauma or mental illness, or you have anything like whether you've experienced it yourself or you know other people who have, I feel like it is yes, yeah. so relatable and like hits so close to home. Yeah. So like there's certain things in a game where, um, and it's, and it's like, just like you said, if you either yourself have gone through trauma or know someone who's gone through trauma, You'll, you'll see certain patterns that, you know, the character does that you'll see in real life that people do. So, um, you know, the first, like the main character going through something, going, you know, uh, dropping out of college, but not saying why. And like every time it's brought up in a game, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where she sort of like turns away from it and like changes the story, not changes the story, but like, you know, changes the subject. And like she doesn't really want to, delve into her past and you sort of like figure that out while playing through the game and i mean it, it really picks up towards the end where she really starts you know uh so uh, so i guess soul searching slash like uh like just being more open to people so i'm not sh- i'm not sure whether or not um like the way I played this game is different if I played it a different way, but the way I played through the way I played through this is I had May um I pretty much used all my extra time to uh what's the crocodile's name um uh, oh um oh my god uh shit I know this because I spent probably the most time with her um, exactly yeah so like this game is cool because like it has that persona effect where um you're you're left to like just explore the world, but then you know the time B. that you use, huh? B, Beatrice. B, yeah, yeah. So you um, you, you pretty much have to choose who you spend your time with, and it's not something like in a, a game where you could you know choose to do one mission and then go back and do the other mission with someone else. If you choose to you know spend your time with B, then you can't spend your time with your other friends. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. So I feel like because of that, and because this game is relatively short, um, it sort of invites you to, you know, replay the game to sort of see things a little differently. So I, you know, with this just being my first playthrough, I, I pretty much, like, I felt like this, the story wanted me to, 
spend time with her because B, she was that, you know, she was sort of like that friend that, you know, something happened and in the past that sort of like had the friendship drift apart. And now that you're back in town and, you know, it's, it's a relatively small town, there really isn't too many people to talk to. So they sort of like start talking again. They start, you know, hanging out more, going to parties and, yeah. you know, it, it just, it felt really organic. It felt real. Like it's a, it's real. It, it's a real situation that real people go through every day. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, it's, it, it, it blows my mind. And I do think that we should also mentioned really quickly that this was uh partially created by um uh by alec holoqua who uh was actually he was accused of uh, sexual assault by zoe quinn um and he actually did commit suicide um over this um over the accusations i should say well i shouldn't say that it was specifically over that but it just it's probably had something to do with it um uh, and you know i think that makes the game um or at least how you can r- read some things in an in a different way um it's it's hard it's 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 rough because it, you know i played this game it, it, i played this game and enjoyed it on its on its merits yeah. um and having that come out and then realizing like oh man like it's like a double meaning for certain things yeah yeah exactly so it's a little rough and i think we should at least mention that like as we're talking about this game Um, okay but but sorry go ahead shit i had no idea i completely forgot about that yeah yeah huh that's well well anyways um damn that that's yeah now that you have me thinking about it shit that's yeah I mean, I don't mean to like, you know, div- you know, avoid discussion of the game entirely because the game exists. Like it, 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 it is, you know, something that came out and was enjoyed by a lot of people um, beforehand. I mean, obviously, like that, th- that knowledge can like color your impression of of it. Um, you know, I think that's up to the observer as well. But you know, it, it, it would, you know, it's important to at least mention it you know yeah, to be yeah definitely. because it, it and it's it's odd though too because it's like we don't really know like how far along like he was like in terms of recovery or if he was in any sort of recovery at all this is about someone who this is about someone who clearly like the main character is, suffers from some sort of he like like she she suffers from a specific disorder i don't want to get too specific because you know if people want to play that this then i would encourage them to do that um if, if it sounds interesting to them but um there are a lot of positive things in this game like may in particular i don't even i think she's pansexual like i don't think that she's yeah. even some I, I don't think she's someone who like has like she's str- attracted to women or men um in a way so it's like th- this game does a lot of things that i think are positive and displays them in a positive light, which makes, you know, it it makes a lot of the other, the real life stuff kind of like, you know, man, like, what was going on there? You know, yeah. um, it sucks, you know, but I'm glad that it was out there, obviously. We talked about that when these accusations were made, like, 
you know, we need to hear stuff like that and people mm-hmm. should be held, people should absolutely be held accountable for their actions. Um, but anyway, so I don't mean to derail the conversation about this game, but you know, we should mention uh, it. Yeah. Um, but it's, I know it's, 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 uh, going back to like the story, um, of the game, like it's, it's still sort of cool seeing her, uh, you know, get in arguments and it feels like, you know, arguments that you would have with your friends of like, uh, you seeing things a certain way when, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, that, that friend is struggling with something and you don't see it until it's like right there in front of you. So, yeah. Um, you know, they have, you know, instances like that. Um, I, I sort of want to go back and see what it's like, you know, hanging out with the other friends. Um, just it's to... completely different. Like in terms of like the activities that you do, yeah. like that, that's kind of the brilliant part of the design is that like with B, you see things like the mall and then you see like that party scene and like, mm-hmm. you know, with Greg, it's going to be something completely different. Oh, so did you play the game? Uh, did you see both sides? I saw part of the Greg stuff, um, okay. and and it is different. You're doing different things and learning about the characters in a deeper way um, than you would if you did the other side. Um, and the ending is slightly different too, like depending on who you hung out with. Yeah. So and like and that's I'm, I don't want to like you know go into spoilers or anything like that. But yeah, the the ending sort of you know I felt like there was going to be more to it. Yeah, it it does kind of have it it, it kind of just ends in a way like yeah. it, it feels a little anticlimactic. But um, I think but by the, the time it go I ahead, was gonna, I was gonna say this is definitely one of those games where it's it's definitely more of the journey than the destination. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I'm with you on that. But yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much my takeaway of it. Um, you could complete it in maybe about five hours. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, and like I, I sort of broke up the game as in like you know playing it you know when I get home from work or like right before I go to bed because it's it's a peaceful game. You're not really fighting anything. You're more or less just uncovering the story. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's Night in the Woods. Um, all this talk about Pokemon over the past couple of weeks, you know, with James, he's playing uh, Ultra Sun. And, you know, the news that we're getting from, you know, Sword and Shield uh, that's, you know, that's dropping every now and then, it sort of got me in a mood to play Pokemon again. So uh, we talked about, I think the conversation of, you know, Pokemon came up and you actually said something about Gold and Silver where you, you know, the post game in that is where you you literally go to Kanto. So you know the the first half of the game, you know you're in a new region, you're in Johto, you beat the Pokemon League, and then you think that's it, but you know it's not. You actually get to go over to where Red and Blue took took place, and this game takes place you know years after the original Red and Blue. So right. uh, you know just I'm thinking like going back thinking about it, I was like, damn, like Gold and Silver. Uh, slash crystal. That was actually a really fun game. That was a really uh, fun, you know, generation just because of that. So I decided, you know, let me dust off my Soul Silver save file. Very nice. Turns out, uh, at some point, I was like, man, fuck it. Let me go ahead and just uh, wipe the save file and start over. Oh boy. So, okay. Yeah. So I was, so I was already like at the very beginning of the game after I got, you know, my starter after I named the rival. 
Mm-hmm. So I was, I think I was heading towards the first gym. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was pretty much my starting point with this. And man, these newer Pokemon games really like the quality of life changes so, sort of make it hard to go back and play the original games or any of the older games. So, yeah. Like it's, you know, you have to worry about TMs because TMs, they're not unlimited use. Like they're in the newer games. Um, so like, I, I've already like completely forgot about that and use some TMs thinking, all right, I could sort of burn this T use this TM on this Pokemon and like use it on another Pokemon, just not remembering that that was like a mechanic. So I already, I already wasted a couple of TMs and, uh, what else? I think the experience share, I know in the, you know, Pokemon community, you have like the diehards who, turn that feature off because they want to uh ev train a certain way which is like a whole different that's a whole different like meta where i'm not even gonna get into it it's just you know how you like a different way to like uh track your growth for your pokemon Mm -hmm. and sort of focus on certain stats but um with the um experience share with that being turned on you sort of share that with like multiple Pokemon. And I sort of like that. So like in these older games, you know, the way if you never played Pokemon before, you know, you're a Pokemon that's like actively in battle. That's the only Pokemon that uh receives experience from battles. Which so, is awesome. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the XP share, like the Yeah, so yeah, so okay. in the yeah, newer games. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. so in the newer games, they they give that to you relatively early, yeah. where all your Pokemon get experience. I love so that. yeah, so these older games they don't have that. Well, at least they don't have it straight out of the gate. Um, I think Soul Silver, I get that maybe five badges in, okay. and you know four or five badges in, and then at that point, um. Like with the experience share, it's not sharing with the whole party. It's just a held item that you share with one particular Pokemon. So at this point, you know, with you know playing these older Pokemon games, you can either do one of two things: you can either use your starter and potentially one or two other Pokemon and sort of steamroll through the game with like an overpowered starter. Yep, or That's the way to go. <laughs> or you can sort of like try and build a team. And, like, what I do is I strategically, like, know that, all right, so this, you know, this first gym is a flying type. I'm going to catch this particular Pokemon, use him a little bit so that I can sort of use him to breeze through the gym. But while I'm, like, while I'm, like, doing all that, I'm actively using, like, another Pokemon to train them. So, like, I'm sort of cycling through when I'm using Pokemon. So it's, it's you know, it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's definitely tedious. It's something that um, I feel like I, I could come across like a situation where, let's say, like I have a type disadvantage with like my starter, and that's like my only Pokemon. You sort of you're sort of screwed at that point. Yeah. So you know, playing the way I play, I sort of have the leverage of, hey, you know, if, if I'm at a type disadvantage, I could swap over to something else and have a chance. Yeah, like I, I'm someone who does not like grinding, as you know, and I've never liked that mechanic in these games. Like, of just you know, you only get the XP for that one Pokemon, because like, oh, I was gonna say, don't get me wrong, I fucking hate it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not it's not fun, especially yeah. with um. The, the time that I have to like play these games sort of exactly. being limited. like it's not really fun having to you know grind, grind. 
Yeah. yeah. Go to a so, cave and just run into random battles for however goddamn long. So yeah, uh-huh. it's not yeah. fun. Um, I mean, really, that's, that's how I played the original, like blue and gold. Like I, I just, uh, like I, if I had a type dis- disadvantage, it wouldn't matter because my uh, my main Pokemon would just be powerful enough to just take it. So it'd be like I get to yeah. the elite four and complete the the Pokemon League or whatever, and it'd be like yeah, my level ninety five Blastoise, and then like the next Pokemon was like level thirty, level twenty. So and here's the thing. So like I'm at the point now where I like I said I've been playing this 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 certain way where like I'm being meticulous with you know who's in my party, um like how I'm using them. But at the end of the day, you know, I started with Totodile. I might just, I might just stick with Totodile. And at this just point, yeah, I could just breeze through the game. I know which Pokemon to catch. Like I already caught like, you know, some HM slaves, which in this game, you have to sort of do that because, um, I'm mad they're HM slaves. <laughs> Well, you, you never heard that term before? No, yeah, no. Yeah, that's what they're called. So in the older games, uh, with HMs, it was like a permanent, semi-permanent move that you sort of used to uh, navigate through the open world. So um, that's stuff like being able to surf on open water, being able to cut trees so you could get past like a certain thing. And like these moves, they were like semi-permanent because you couldn't delete them. Like you'd have to go to like a move deleter to actually delete that move off the Pokemon. So um the best thing to do in that case is just to catch a Pokemon that can learn a majority of these HMs and that's you know hence you know we call it uh HM slave. Uh, wow. I've I honestly just use Pokemon as like meat shields for my my strongest one. So I can just rev- like if my strongest one dies for some reason, I just revive. Obviously, put somebody oh, in there who can last yeah. a turn and just use a revive and just keep healing that dude until like I can just bring him back out again. And it's like, well, you died for a good cause, son. Yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's, I feel like this. I'm only gonna play it this, you know, that particular way for so long before I just start playing with just you know, you know, playing with my starter and doing yeah. it that way. Yeah. Uh, because like yeah, like I. My thought process was like, all right, I know what to do. I know how to do it. I'm just going to, like, you know, go through a town every night or something like that just to, like, you know, play it over time. But with playing this way, I'm sort of, like, not, I'm saying stuck, but, like, I sort of have to grind. And that's the, the slow part is, like, you know, uh, catching Pokemon, catching newer Pokemon and using them. Now, what I am doing is I'm, like, the, the game sort of, like, has certain... Uh, NPCs that you could talk to and you could trade Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And luckily, uh, they sort of help you out with like certain trades will sort of help you out with certain points in a game. So, you know, like the first gym, you could trade like a Bell Sprout for an Onyx. And, you know, the first gym is a Flying Gym. So, uh, you know, obviously got the Onyx. Onyx has like a really high defense. So, Gym, gym battles are easy with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with him being a traded Pokemon, he gains experience at a doubled rate. So having traded Pokemon sort of like alleviates that pain of grinding a little bit, but then you can't let them get too strong because they'll stop listening to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, with, you know, Pokemon Sword and Shield around the corner, I really hope I could finish Soul Silver before then. But I don't know, man. It's this this grind is like it's it's 
it sucks. Like I, I, you know, I don't miss that grind like, at all. But then you come across where like these newer games, if you if you're a Pokemon vet, the game like the newer games are really easy. So like there really isn't a middle ground anymore. Yeah, I mean, I honestly like the. I mean, we're gonna talk about this later too. But like, I like the direction that we're starting to go in. To be honest, I do too. I do too. Um, it's just, oh man, I don't know. Like, it's I'm I'm torn. Like, I sort of wish that they, you know, we talked about this. I think like last week. But I sort of wish there was like a difficulty slider. Like, I don't want, you know, difficulty being. Uh, just artificial. I sort of want to, you know, battle like a CPU that sort of knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I'm that's that's why I'm at with, uh, Pokemon Soul Silver. I'll I'll give an update next week whether or not I'm still playing it. Um, I don't know. It's a toss up. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll just have to see with the uh, latest release coming out pretty soon here. Yeah. So next up, I'm going to go ahead and talk about a game that's on Apple Arcade. So uh, we've recently been talking about Apple Arcade. I love the service. You know, $5 a month to play mobile games that I feel that they're a step up from what you think a mobile game is. Like most mobile games nowadays, you think, you know, ads, you think of timers, you think of some sort of like, you know, mechanic to get more money from you. These Apple Arcade games aren't that. Like, there's no ads. You don't have to worry about microtransactions. You don't have to worry about having a timer to, like, play the game. Mm-hmm. You, can just play the, you can just play the game. Yeah, it's the game. So, it's the subscription service, yeah. Exactly. Cool things, yeah. So, with uh, a game called Bleak Sword, it is it's sort of like a... Um, like a really, really simplified Dark Souls. Like super simple. <laughs> Alright, you have to explain this to me because I feel like everything is like Dark Souls nowadays. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, alright, so it's a game that's uh, sort of like a top-down uh, like a top-down, like 2D like super simple uh, sprites. Like, okay. you know, you're literally a guy with a sword, like a stick figure with a sword. Not a stick figure. Well, yeah, you're a stick figure with a sword. Okay. And, um, every level you're fighting against, you know, a number of monsters. So the way the game plays is you're, you're playing it vertically and you, you, you swipe left and right to sort of move around or up and down. So you can swipe up, down, left, right to sort of roll and that's like your roll mechanic in souls games where you pretty much use that okay you sort of use that to dodge attacks if you tap the screen you use that uh use your shield and you can use that to block attacks um then if you you know pair if you block an attack and you swipe towards the enemy you could do like a parry and then um you can hold the screen and then swipe towards the um, enemy to do like a light attack. And then if you hold the button and get like an animation and let go and you know swipe towards the enemy, you'll do a heavy attack. So super simple controls. Um, so, so is it is it like is is it like Dark Souls in that the fact that like are you memorizing like enemy yes. movements and patterns? Because that's exactly. what exactly. So that, okay. yeah, I was, yeah, that's what I was gonna get to. So. Um, 
it's it's you know every enemy has like you know a certain attack pattern they'll uh they may attack like two times in a row they may uh they they all act differently it's not like a you know where every enemy is the same every enemy has like a certain attack pattern they sort of have you sort of have to get used to so uh sort of going through like the first like you know map there's like uh you know i think it's you going through like a forest um there's like some bats that sort of like you know, flap there and then they charge at you and then stop. And what I like about the game is that, um, you know, with the simple mechanics, there's like some depth to it. So when you attack, you lose stamina. And when you block and do a parry, you use stamina. Now, let's say that you block, do a parry. You can't immediately block again to do another parry. You could roll out of the way, but like there's like mechanics to sort of how you move. Mm-hmm. So let's say that, you know, you're surrounded by enemies. Sometimes it it wouldn't be the smart thing to parry an attack. It might be smarter to roll out of the way and do a light attack. Okay. All right. So that actually sounds pretty cool. All right. I love the art style in this as well. Yeah, like it's it's the very like lo-fi like it's it's lo-fi, but they're using 3D in an interesting way. So like if you're playing on like something like an iPad, like you you understand depth of field. Like that yeah. looks cool. Yeah, and so I you know recently updated my phone, got myself a iPhone iPhone 11 Max Pro. I think that's how. <laughs> what? Yes. Wow, so, I didn't know about this. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so I I I basically upgraded because, you know, with me being a content creator, I use up a lot of space on my phone, whether I'm I'm you know, whether I'm doing like, you know, posts, making videos, like I do a lot of this stuff on my phone sometimes. So, uh with my iPhone 10, I just, I was just running out of space. Like my, I think my Lightroom app, I think you, I think that was like 20 gigs. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I was just getting, it was more or less I was getting sick and tired of running out of space. And with the, you know, the new iPhones, they have a storage size up to 512, I believe, gigs. Mm -hmm. So I, that immediately was the reason why I wanted to get the, get the upgrade. So, um, you know, of course you have, you know, that you have the faster processor. Um, of course, I think the biggest thing for the Pro Max is going to be the camera. The camera is pretty cool. You have three cameras. Um, they, each camera gives you like a dip, different, you know, depth of field. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's cool. Like if you like, if you take a lot of pictures, uh, if you take a lot of videos, um, and that's sort of stuff that I'm sort of like doing on the side as well. Uh, you know, taking pictures, uh, editing them, like, you know, ch- check out my Instagram, SSJ Blackrod. Like, you'll see it on there. Um, I feel like it was, it was the right fit for me to upgrade. Okay. So, when it comes down to, you know, now having the, you know, storage space to download these games and, you know, still be able to, like, do all I need to do with, like, the editing and, uh, all that, I'm, I feel like I'm gonna, review more of these apple arcade games because uh yeah yeah. like it's just you know it just just works and it's a really good service but going back to bleak sword um it's i feel like with some of the a lot of these games that i'm playing now and i sort of said this before off air but if you know me and if you listen to the podcast i 
I always called off like Dark Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne. I was just like, you know what? These games, they're just not for me. You can't do it. Mm. Not gonna do it. Mm. I sort of, ref- I sort of refused mm-hmm. to play those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you always find time to play games that are tertiary, tertiary to Dark Souls. Like, like they're 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 very close. They're very yeah. close. Yeah, and and it and it really hit me after playing this one. And like, of course, like I think a couple of the games I've talked about over the past couple of weeks sort yeah. of have mm-hmm. mechanics like Dark Souls. So I, I think for me, like what clicked was, um, like I said, like these enemy, like I have to learn these attack patterns, and like now that I know how these enemies attack, I can like I'm not getting, I'm not dying. I'm you know adapting to the game, and like it's it's rewarding downloading an enemy and not having to really worry about them anymore. But then at the same time, like these mechanics are so crisp that when I mess, when I get hurt, when I die or whatever, it's not because of, you know, oh, the game just cheated me. It's no, I fucked up. Like I, yep. I, I know how these, this enemy worked and I got, I either got too greedy or I was just sloppy. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, <laughs> I, I'm going to eat crow and say, you know what? I sort of like these mechanics now, mm-hmm. and I'm a, oh, and, God. I, and I'm a, and I'm a sucker for it. I'm so glad I got this on wax just now. Oh my God! <laughs> well, I guess this isn't technically on wax because you know we're not recording vinyl. But man, I'm so glad we got this on recording. Oh God, that is so. So what's next for you? In, in the Dark Souls-esque genre, we got Bloodborne, Sekiro, we got just straight up Dark Souls. What, what's next for you, Chris? I don't, I don't know. I really don't. Like, um, of course, you know, after we get through all of these big games that are coming out, once things slow down, I, I think I might, I might dust off, uh, I might actually just dust off Dark Souls and just play that. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you right now. I honestly, I'm not even joking. I would, I would watch, I would either watch you play through that game or like in its entirety, or I would be happy to accompany you on your Dark Souls journey. <laughs> happy. I have all three. Which one you want? That's all you got to tell me. Which Dark Souls? I am there. I'll, I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know about that. Last thing I want to say about, um, Apple Arcade slash, uh, Bleak. Bleak Souls or Bleak Sword, God damn it! Bleak <laughs> <There> it Sword is. <laughs> is that um, with iOS 13, you can finally um, pair Bluetooth controllers to your iPad, iPhone. So um, I paired my PS4 controller to my iPhone, and now I'm able to play some, like a majority of these games with a controller. So last week I went back and finished uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, and the game is immensely better. Playing with a controller, because uh, yeah. that, that that last uh, level, I sort of feel like you sort of have to play with a controller mm-hmm. because there's so much going on. Right. Um, but yeah, like these games really feel good. Uh, what's interesting is that playing uh, Bleak Sword with a controller, it sort of adds an extra level of depth because now you have a right stick and you can sort of move around where you want to. Because if you're just doing touch, you're um, you're sort of uh, just like swiping to just move out of the way. You're not really moving. Um, but I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that I'm playing. I think there's like a control style that you might be able to swap between. I sort of okay. have to go back and look at that. But you know, the way I was playing, 
it was you know super simple but with a controller it just it added more layers and it's weird i sort of prefer playing with the touch okay you know i sort of have to mess around with it a little bit more but i could see why like i mean i i can kind of see why but with with a game like sayonara wild hearts like i i do think that there are segments of that game that would work better with touch. Um, like, namely, the end. Um, maybe the parallel universes level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, oh, I'm sorry, with controller. It might work better with controller with those levels. Um, yeah. But, but with touch, I think the easier ones can feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's, you know, it's definitely a great feature. Um, it's just a, it's a, <sighs> I was gonna say it's a good time for mobile games, but it's also a dark time for mobile games because you, you know, sort of have what's going on with like, you know, Mario Kart, where a lot of, where, where you know, you know, publishers or developers or whoever's, you know, okaying this, like they're going for like the whole season pass thing where you have to pay an additional five dollars a month to get, you know, locked features. Um, that stuff is just it's, it's icky. I don't like it. So right. That's why I love stuff like, you know, uh, the Apple Arcade or Google Pay Play Pass. That's sort of eliminating that. Um, and you can, so you can just more or less just focus on the game. All right. All right. And I do want to touch up on uh, one last game. Uh, I sort of played this right before we started recording. But Call of Duty Mobile is out on iOS. I'm not sure about Android yet. And it's surprisingly like it it plays pretty decently. Like, it's not horrible. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah, um, I, I still wish, and, and, like, I haven't messed around with it too much, but I sort of wish, uh, that I could sort of use my controller, like, straight up, but, like, I couldn't get it to work. Uh, hopefully that's something that gets patched in. What are the controls like? Are there, like, virtual buttons, or are yeah, you using... Vir- yeah, virtual uh, buttons. Okay. So, um, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm fat-fingering a lot of things, so that's mm, getting, yeah. Yeah. so that's getting annoying, um, of course, you know, the, the game is just out, I feel like it's a mix of you, you potentially playing against, like, one or two other real people, and the rest being bots, but, like, the first couple of matches I did, I, I'm pretty sure were all bots, but I did play a match where people were in a lobby talking, and, Sure enough, there's a little kid just yelling into the mic and just being super annoying. So I'm pretty sure that's not like a, a AI feature. I'm, it, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was a, a real kid it, getting yeah, on my nerves. They they wanted to bring the complete Call of Duty experience to your your phone. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's interesting. Cool. Like I, I I I'm gonna you know touch up on it a little bit more. I'll give you guys more of a review next week. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I've been playing lately. Excellent. All right. How about we uh, jump on into this news then? All right. Cool. So, uh, man, what a what an interesting week. So, let me ask you a question, uh, Rod. What does Old Town Road and Ninja have in common? They're both popular What's... with the Gen Zers. That's a that's a that's a really good point. But <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. So if you don't know there's a show called the mass singer and that premiered over this past week so uh ninja was the first person eliminated he was the ice cream and he sang old town road and by sing old town road is one of those songs where anyone could really sing it right 
So, so it, you know, it's it, it wasn't anything too spectacular. Like you can see the clips on YouTube and everything. Um, I, I think what I'll do is I'll I'll probably edit in some of him singing here. So mm-hmm. you might be hearing that right now in the background, but it's uh yeah, Ninja was on the Mass Singer and got eliminated week one. <laughs> Wait, how do you get eliminated in that show? So I mean, you're I think you you're uh, up against like another Mass Singer, and okay. pretty much yeah, pretty much uh, they get voted out based on like like the performance that they do. Okay, based on something that they don't already do, which is sing. Well, you know, last I think last year's uh, last season's winner was T Pain. So like, you yeah, have that's people just that cheating. Well, yeah, 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 because T Pain he can actually sing. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you you have people that can actually sing. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. Like it's it's a it's an interesting uh, concept. Like it's uh it's a it's a cool little show. So if you're into like singing shows, it might be worth checking out. But yeah, yeah. If, if that's that's just. <laughs> It's just funny. So uh, next up in the news, uh, we have Sean Layton, and I, no, Rod, I'll I'll have you. I think you know more, I guess, because I feel like this is a developing story because we don't have too much information about it. Yeah, yeah. But I'll let you have this one. Kind, kind of. Uh, so I mean, like you said, we don't have a lot of info on this, but on uh, Monday of this week it was just out of nowhere it out completely out of the blue um it was announced on playstation twitter no less not even like a formal press release but um the playstation twitter tweeted out that sean Layden was no longer going to be uh he was leaving he or he already left like that is not a message of like hey yeah last day is like friday like no that he was gone like monday was his last day um possibly friday um so yeah that is it so no people didn't really know what to think about that at first when that news first dropped because it's you know playstation is doing really well right now sony is the market leader um for for consoles and uh they you know they're in a good place and so the day after there was a report from game it's game biz right Um, they are uh, an industry site, uh, with, you know, apparently some sources, uh, with knowledge of the inside information saying that they, uh, Sean Layden was basically, um, he, he left because of a power struggle, um, with, uh, the inter, the, uh, SIE, uh, entertainment, the Sony International, um, I think that's uh, Sony Interactive, excuse me. Sony Interactive uh, president, Jim Ryan. Um, he, Jim Ryan apparently uh, was they're, – they're doing restructuring and globalizing Sony in a way that – this is completely speculation on my part. But you know they may be looking to bring their individual uh, areas together. Kind of like how Microsoft, like they don't, they have a Microsoft Japan and a Europe division, but a lot of times, like a lot, like Phil Spencer really kind of like, he, he kind of, at least to my knowledge, kind of goes and, and interacts with a lot of the different regions on those sides. Um, whereas Sony Europe and North America and, um, in, in Asia, 
really seem to be kind of different entities, at least from my experience, what have I, what I've observed. Um, you know, obviously I'm not like in the industry. I, I don't know, but that's what my, that's what it seems like to me. Um, and it seems like they're, they may be trying to consolidate things. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, and this is, this is, uh, you know, a good question. Why is this happening now? Why is this happening right before console launch, right before, um, you know, it, right when Sony is sitting pretty, essentially? What What is going on? That's This is not necessarily the time to be restructuring, you know? And that's a great point. Um, we we don't know. What we do know is that there are more rumors that were, uh, came out this week as well that, that uh, they're third-party developers don't have much lead on the next gen consoles that also means that they are not getting updated dev resources um for next gen consoles uh, as quickly as they can be um and apparently first parties are getting it information kind of or or what the quote was was that if we the third party the major third party publisher are are not getting the resources at this stage in the game when this this console is releasing next year um we can only imagine what first parties are going through at the moment and that's kind of where we're at at this point in time that's that's messy because yeah so i feel like sony they've gotten comfortable uh you know now they're, they're sort of now adjusting to you know the uh the industry like how it's sort of shifting but like they're only adjusting, I feel like, because it's like a necessity. Like they're not really, they're not being proactive, like how Microsoft is. Um, they're not really a, like embracing third party as much as like what Nintendo's doing. Right. I feel like Sony, they're just, they're sort of like, they feel like they're top dog. They can really do whatever. And that can be frustrating. Like I feel like a lot of, uh, companies they they end up crumpling because it's you know it's messed up from top down so it's more or less the higher ups you know not really thinking or like they're stuck in a certain way and they're not really adapting they're not really listening to people on the ground floor so yeah which I mean a lot of these type of things do affect like they they affect you know higher level I mean obviously the you know small the people smaller people are affected by this it affects the top level first like these kind of restructurings so um which i think the game game biz article does uh, state um yeah we don't really know what to make of this and i don't know if we really will until maybe next year uh when when you know we understand like we get formal announcements for these things i would have to imagine we get that early i don't think we get that later than march to be honest i just don't you're gonna launch a console brand new console um at the end of the year presumably around november there's no way that you announce that thing any later than March to give yourself some leeway for uh, for E3, you know, like as a little sc- uh, hype stop gap, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and then the run up to the holidays. Like I just I, I can see them doing something maybe in February, January or February, um, like they did with PS4. Um, and then maybe at that point, we'll know more because we'll know more specs for the console. Um, we'll hear more from the developers who are actively working on it. Um, there is a section in that article, I believe, that references um the fact that like the 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 
source is very nervous. The source that was giving that quote is they're you know they were saying we're very nervous for the upcoming console transition because like everything is being played very close to the chest at the moment. Um, so you know in terms of like you know kits and uh, dev kits and and resources, you know so uh, they don't want things leaking out, which to a degree makes sense, but you know to <laughs> at what cost, you know. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not all things are bad right now in, you know, in the land of Sony. Um, I was going to say because, you know, Spider-Man's back in the MCU, but that's besides the point. Um, PlayStation Now just received a price drop, which, you know, is about time. They uh, dropped down. Uh, the, I feel like it's a substantial uh, discount. Um, the monthly went from... Uh, it was 19.99, dropped down to 9.99. Uh, quarterly was 44.99, dropped down to 24.99, and then yearly dropped down from 9.99 to 59.99. So it's sort of like leveling closer to you know other services, um, and it's definitely making it more accessible to people that sort of want to try it out. Because I know for a lot of people, like the the price was pretty ridiculous, and yeah. That's that's that was one of the many things that stopped people from even caring about it. But um, you know, over time they uh this was just exclusively for like PS3 games, um, and I believe a couple of PS2 games, and they now opened it up to PS4 games. So um and they opened it up to PS4 games, I think maybe about like close to a year ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a decent subscription service. Like you, they're saying that there's over 800 games available. Um, like I said, they, they're adding more PS4 games, but when they add games, it's more or less like for a quote unquote limited time trying to sort of like get people excited to sort of subscribe. So, right. you know, with this price drop, they announced that they, they're adding, uh, God of War. Um, Grand Theft Auto V, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4. Which are great uh, games. Those are good games to add. You know? Yeah. So these games are available now up until January 2nd, 2020. Hmm. So, so how, do you, what, you know, how do you feel? Well, I was going to say, uh, so, I mean, PS Now is not something, and I feel like we've, we've talked about this before, but, like, PS Now is not something that insanely interests me um you know <laughs> as our infamous uh digital versus physical debate you know continues you know i think that this is this is fine um I, the service itself is good i i do like the the price drop i think is a better deal um and especially because of the games they just added i think if you haven't played some of these games at this point like there's no harm in getting, you know, a free trial real quick and, and trying these, these things out. Um, I do think that that price previously was completely outrageous. Like, yeah. I, that was way, way too much. But I mean, now in this, in the age of services, like, we, you know, we were just talking about Apple Arcade earlier today. Like, for five bucks a month, like, you know, you could get all of those, those great games. You know, they're not like, it's not just Frogger. Like, you know, you're getting like Overlands and, and Bleak Sword and Sayonara Wild Hearts. Like, you're getting like game ass games. Like, mm-hmm. um, and for like five bucks a month on any plat, Apple platform that you want. Like, it's a good deal. Um, 
And I think doing it for 10 bucks a month for PS Now is a pretty good deal, too. It's a step in the right direction. Exactly. They, and like, you know, with this change, they're just now putting out PlayStation Now ads, whereas before it was more of an afterthought. Um, I actually had PlayStation Now, I want to say, like a year into it being released. And they had like a promotion where they dropped down the year price to, I think, around 50 or $60. So I was like, you know what? For a year, I could try this out. And in that year, I, this was before they let you download games, because that's the feature now that they've added, where about 300 PS4 games you're actually able to download onto the system as opposed to just streaming it. But this is before they added that feature when I had my year subscription. So right. I really didn't play it. I didn't really play it too much because depending on how my connection was, you know, some games played, you know, fine. You couldn't really notice too much of a lag. But then some games, you know, it just, it just, it, it felt weird. It just, it wasn't right. 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 Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I feel like, you know, the king in this type of, you know, subscription-based service is still Microsoft with the yeah. Games Pass. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they're still giving you an insane value. You know, it's now bundled with uh, Xbox Live Gold with the Ultimate Pass. So not only are you, you know, have this open library of games that you can play, you're also getting games that are added to your account every month. Um, and then, of course, Microsoft, they're letting you play their, you know, first-party games day one. Yeah. So, I mean, it it is a huge difference. Um, And I would also say that, like, you know, I also think that Game Pass is, I think, consistently doing more in terms of um, the amount of game or like the the quality of games like that are coming out consistently in day one. Like, give me give me a God of War 2 or Spider-Man 2 day one on a Sony platform like that like easy money i'd instantly drop down money on that yeah exactly exactly so like you know they're they've been doing that with forza and gears and a lot of their other uh, major games like you know i think the other shoe to drop on that potentially could be halo like that would be insane so yeah do some of that sony and you know we might talk like but i mean this is a step in the right direction like you said Mm -hmm. yeah so you know, that's, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Sony, you know, they, they have some work ahead of them with, you know, a lot of this stuff. So yeah. let's, it's, it's one of those things we'll see in the future, uh, you know, how yeah. this unfolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have a two part Nintendo news. Um, one good, one bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll guess we'll start off with the bad. Um, so the Switch Lite has, you know, recently dropped over the past, well, it came out maybe about a month ago. A couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. So it's relatively new. Um, you know, the Switch Lite is geared towards, you know, people that like primarily use the system in handheld. It's a, you know, a solid slate. You don't, you can't remove the Joy-Cons. Like it's stuck onto, it is the system. So, you know, they, for the most part, you know, I've, I've heard people like, you know, they're saying, well, you know, with it being just a handheld, with it being all on one, you know, the, the system shouldn't have drift problems, which right. is currently something that Nintendo's being sued about. You know, there's a lawsuit about Joy-Con drift. Right. Well, it turns out the Switch Lite is also suffering from Joy-Con drift. Mm. And, you know, for people that don't know what that is, it's essentially, you know, the, the controller 
like moving when you're not moving, like you're actively not touching it or like it's just not responsive. So, you know, the fix with the regular switch is, Oh, you have joy con issues. You know, they recently, like it's been recently found out that you could contact Nintendo and they'll replace it for you. Yeah. It's, for, it's for not free. for free. They, um, they did charge before. Now they don't. They, and it's not really an official, like, Nintendo, you know, going out saying that they're doing it is more or less, it became like a word of mouth type of thing that sort of blew up on the internet. Right. But, you know, as far as we could tell, that's what they're doing right now. You could get the Joy-Cons replaced. The Switch Lite, on the other hand, the Joy-Cons, like I said, are part of the system. It is the system. So to get that fixed, you pretty much have to send in your whole system and be systemless for about two to three weeks. Yeah, that sucks. What's really crazy though is that you know the the whole like uh Joy-Con drift issue. Like I feel like people started having that issue maybe a couple months into like the system cycle. Like I know I officially uh saw it or like had it happen to me when Mario Odyssey came out. Like, when Mario Odyssey came out, like, I literally couldn't play Mario Odyssey with the Joy-Cons. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't happen. I've a, I've been somehow avoiding all of this, which is great. Not wrong, not yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, so, you know, it sort of sucks that the system is, is new, and they're having these issues right out of the gate. Like, people are, like, within 20 hours of using the system coming across this issue. So, um... They, I, that's, I don't know, that's sort of where we're sitting right now, is that, you know, the Switch Lite now is added to that lawsuit that Nintendo's already having with the Joy-Cons. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is gonna be one of those developing stories, because there's, like, no real fixes for it right now. Yeah. Which, which is, like, baffling to me. You, you just launched this thing. Like, come on. Like, you're not gonna communicate about this anyway? Like, I don't know. That's really frustrating to me. Yeah. So, all in all, if you're if you've been thinking about getting a Switch Lite, I I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'd actually I'd I'd wait for you know an official like you know fix or you know the next batch of systems not having this issue. But as of right now, the systems that are currently out they have this issue. So stay clear from it. But let's look at the good news. We got some Pokemon information. Um, we got some a pretty good spread from Game Informer uh, this past week, and they dropped some interesting news on Pokemon. Um, and they, you know, it's a lot of information, but they uh, I sort of just want to like touch on a couple of like the bigger things. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the max raid battles. So that's uh, a mechanic where. Sort of like if you played Pokemon Go, it's like a multiplayer type of thing where you're battling one specific Pokemon and you're all battling the Pokemon at the same time to weaken it and then eventually to catch it. So apparently these max raid battles, they're, they're gonna be, you know, pretty difficult. Um, so that's good to hear for people that sort of want like a challenge for Pokemon mm-hmm. games that sort of want more end game things. Like it's, it's a definite plus, you know, having a, not only a co-op feature, but it's, you know, it's going to be difficult. So that's going to be fun. Um, they're adding autosave 
to Pokemon. So Pokemon traditionally has been a game where you always have to make sure that you, you know, you save. So make sure you save in front of, you know, uh, legendary Pokemon that are in the overworld. Make sure you save before, you know, certain battles. They, um, they actually changed it up a little bit. So this game will have autosave. It will, it's going to save often, but, um, you should, like, if, if you're the type of person where, like, you sort of like the old way of, like, you know, knowing that you saved the game and not sort of leaving it up to chance, mm-hmm. you, you know, the autosave can be turned on and off. So, um, I Which don't know how... Good. I mean, I kind of like that. No, no, you know? I, I, I like it. I like that, you know, they're giving... They're, it's a choice now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like the biggest thing that, you know, keeps coming up about Sword and Shield is that... uh with all of these features that they're adding into the game, unfortunately, not every Pokemon will be available in this game. Sure. So it's not the, the the type of thing where in older games where um, certain Pokemon were they were sort of cut out until you beat the Pokemon League, and then it sort of opened up the national decks, and you're able to use whatever Pokemon that you traded in. No, if the Pokemon isn't in like the Galar region's Pokedex, then they're not in the game, mm-hmm. like at all. So, um, they, you know, went on record saying that, hey, like, you know, don't feel bad that certain Pokemon didn't make the cut. You know, we, you know, they're working on Pokemon games or more Pokemon games down the line. You'll see, you know, your favorite Pokemon that, you know, didn't make it, they'll return. So that's sort of like a bittersweet type of, you know, response. Um, I know some people aren't really happy about that, but at this point, I, I mean, you, it, is we, what it, is. it is what it is. We and you have to just kind of like this is the game now. Like, and I think they're doing it. I mean, why do you think they're they're doing it? Because I and before you answer, like I'm less educated about Pokemon, so <laughs> let me just go first real fast. Like, I honestly think that they're doing this like because they're trying to appeal to to newer people. Like, I don't think they're trying to bring the baggage of all of the other Pokemon games with them and have people go, well, you know, all the people who play Let's Go and was like, oh, yeah, I haven't played Pokemon in a long time, like me, and then go to this new one and, and, and your Pokedex is like 9,000 Pokemon on it. And they're like, well, shit, I'm never going to do that at all. Like, I, I, that's how I, that's why I feel like they're doing this. Am I off base in thinking that? No, that's, that's a, a good reason. I feel like that's the case. I, me personally, I feel like it's a balancing issue as well, because, you know, at this point, we're gonna, I feel like this generation is gonna, we're gonna cross the thousand mark. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of Pokemon. Um, you have people that have been playing for a while, like me. Like, if they opened up the game to, like, for me to bring any Pokemon in, like, I already have set teams that are ready to battle now. So, I sort of feel like, you know, we're sort of resetting where everyone is like, sort of like, well, it's not where your old Pokemon can't be traded in. It's more or less, you know, if I had like a certain Pokemon that I had like a certain, uh, like, you know, battle plan with, I, if that Pokemon's cut out, then I can't use them anymore. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's sort of like leveling the p- playing field a little bit. Okay. Um, that and then like they another thing that they said was that you know there's there's a couple of things that they haven't really talked about in the game yet so you know they're they feel that with um instead of focusing that the time on adding all these pokemon into the game they're now able to you know use that time towards other features so that's another uh point is that 
you know, people thought that since Game Freak is working on uh, another game, I think it was it called Little Town or something. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah, Little Town Hero or whatever. Yeah. So since they were working on that game, you know, they felt that Game Freak they split up the you know developers and you know that was hurting the development for Pokemon. That's not really the case. There's over a thousand people working on Pokemon Sword and Shield right now, mm-hmm. so they're they're pretty heavy in development right now for that game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I. The last thing is sort of like what we were talking about before with my issue with uh, playing the older games is that, you know, these newer games, they have a feature called Experience Share, where when you're battling, you get to pretty much share that experience with your team. Amazing. Uh, yeah, in, in this game, it's uh, it's just going to be automatic. So, like, you know, there's no items that you have to get. No, mm. it's just right out the gate, so, you're able to do this. Yes. and. I, that's such a, it's, it's a good quality of life change. Um, it should have been like on this the, day one. I know on the other side, there, you know, the purists are saying, well, what if I want to EV train my Pokemon a certain way? They, they, they got you. Listen, so Game Freak, they're adding, you know, certain ways where if you want to, you know, change the nature of your Pokemon, if you want to, uh, set IVs or EVs a certain way, it's going to be easier to do that now. So building like a, uh, like a quote unquote battle ready team, it'll be easier to do instead of like the old way of having to, like, if you wanted to increase a speed stat, you would have to fight a bunch of like a particular Pokemon to get a speed EV. It's, it was really convoluted and, I feel like this, you know, these newer ways of playing this game that they're adding year after year or generation after generation, it's, you know, it's it's, it's making it easier. So like I'm I'm all for the change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's that's pretty much it. That's um like I said, you know, there's a ton of news. Um, we didn't really don't have the time to you know dive deep onto everyone, but uh, news I think is we got good. Yeah, we got good work done. Yeah. So, um, I think, yep, that's, that's it for the news this week. All right. You want to move on to our last segment of the night? Yeah. So it's officially October. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the weather is getting, it's, well, the weather's supposed to be getting cooler. And, uh, we have a particular, um, holiday at the end of the month in the u.s yeah it's time for pumpkin spice and frights of the light abound i don't know i tried (laughs) tried (laughs) but anyways it's halloween at the end of the month this is like you know spooky season for a lot of people you have your haunted houses you have like your scary movies coming out and i sort of wanted to have the topic of horror games um i know for me i like the like the past two years, I've told myself that I want to do a stream of, you know, scary games. I'm committing to that this year. So I have like a list of games that I'm going to play and stream and I'm excited about it. Um, it's, I don't know. I like this time of year. I like that, you know, what about you, Rod? Do you, do you like scary video games? Do you play horror games? Um, I don't go out of my way to play them, but not necessarily because I just, I don't like them. I do. Um, but you know they're, they're fine. They're it's not a genre I I indulge in. Um, you know just because I feel like it's 
it's difficult. I, I feel like horror in video games is, is hard. I don't think it's as easy to pull off as like a horror movie might be or even a scary book. Um, I, I just, I think because you always, I don't want to get too deep because this is not the point of the, the, the topic, but like the part of the, the, there's, there's power in video games. You have control. Like that's the whole, thing about it um and so i think calculated scares in the traditional sense don't work as well and that's why i think something like until dawn is like the quintessential horror game because it isn't it's not really just a game like it doesn't function as one it doesn't it doesn't think that it's one all the way like it kind of plays on a lot of uh, things that we see in cinema um and and i think that's why that game is successful as it is Honestly, sorry, that was a long, convoluted answer to your really basic question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but sorry. it's cool. It's cool because I was able to use that time to sort of get the um the community comments, you know. So I appreciate sure. that. Yeah. So um, you know, with these topics that we do every week, um, if you follow us on social media on Facebook, if you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I put out these questions ahead of time, and I love hearing from you guys. Um, I have a couple of comments from some people on the social, on social media. Um, I have Nita, uh, actually a friend of mine. Shout out to Nita. Um, you know, we talked in the comments about just like scary games. You know, I talked about like what I was playing and she, uh, she's gonna be playing Blair Witch. Uh, she actually been playing, yeah, she's actually been playing it this past month and, uh, she definitely recommends it. She says that it's, uh, it's pretty decent. She recommends playing it with headphones because the, the atmosphere of that game, like it has, you know, it has jump scares. Like it's, that's pretty much like the thing behind that. So okay. I feel like for me, a good horror game has, has the atmosphere. Like if, if you could sort of trick my mind into making me feel like I'm sort of in there. Right. Then you sort of got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think Blair, Witch is probably a, a good one. Um, Especially because I think that will, and that's interesting that that that's she chose that one because that almost kind of seems like it goes into what I was almost saying with with Until Dawn. Um, and even though it's not a, um, it's not the same type of game, it is based off of a film property. So one would have to imagine that they're going to utilize some of those techniques from the film. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm, I might I might look into that because yeah. uh, I mean I already have like a list of games and I'm already swamped in games now, but maybe down the road I might pick that up. Okay. But um I also reached out to Herb. You know, you know Herb, he is a like uh a giant library of gaming information. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I hit him up, I was like, yo, so what you playing this month for Halloween? And he has a couple of games. Um I think some of these games he's gonna be streaming, so definitely check out his uh his Twitch page, three was it three uh Bears Gaming. Yes. And um it's a, it's a, it's a nice stream. I love watching him stream. Uh, but he's gonna be playing Eternal Darkness, uh, for the GameCube, nice. Castlevania Bloodlines for the Genesis, Condemned for 360. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Phantom Ruck for the Switch, and Zombies Ate My Neighbors for the SNES. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all really good games. Like, I feel like, and they all have, like, I'm not gonna say different themes, but like, they're different type of horror. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much what I have out in the com- uh, from the community. Like I said before, please, when you see these, uh, you see these uh, posts, you know, say something real quick. You know, shout out, uh, 
whatever you're going to play, or if you're not really going to be playing something, just just let us know. We just like we just like we like yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we like interaction. Um, exactly. And also give us like yeah, definitely give me some some suggestions. Like I'd be interested to like try something I've never tried before. I've got some like a list, or oh, not a list, but I've got a few that like I definitely want to make sure that you know we talk about a little bit um, in terms well, of horror. But I mean, we could we could go ahead and jump into that, Rod. Like what are you, what horror games like you know would you be playing this month? So like uh, there's a few horror games I definitely want to shout out um, that I think definitely need to be on the list. Um, one of which, and there's there's three that immediately that come to mind. Uh, one of which is Fatal Frame. Um, nice. And Fatal Frame 2, I want to say, is the one that I played um, originally. And that was really interesting because that is about, like, a, it's a Japanese game um, based, I want to say, was it by Capcom? I don't know. I, I thought it was, but maybe I'm mistaken. But it was, um, usually you're playing, like, a, a Japanese, a teenage Japanese girl, and uh, you're armed with a camera that can, like, you know, it can capture like paranormal activities. I remember playing that game when I was younger and, um, and it just, it's terrifying because you can't, you're not fighting the ghosts. These are things that are not like, you know, they're corporeal. Like they don't have like, you know, you can't kill them. <laughs> you can only capture them. I, I don't remember if, um, uh, I'm sorry, they're not corporeal, or, yeah, because corporeal means that you have a body, so I apologize about that, but, um, but you, yeah, you have this camera, I don't remember if the camera damages them or anything, but I do know that you have to run away, like, you definitely have to run away, um, and, um, that is, in itself, is terrifying, when you cannot fight back, and the, the game takes away that control that I mentioned earlier, um, you know, that, that is scary. That is a terrifying prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely one that affected me for sure. Or I think that is worthy of, of mention. Um, Left for Dead is a classic. Um, how could you forget, you know, zombies are the ultimate horror, you know, some might say. Uh, George Romero would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, um, and Left 4 Dead is, like, more of a, you know, it's it's more of a fun romp, but, like, there are definitely moments that it, it ratchets up that, that horror tension. I mean... So, yeah, I was going to say Left 4 Dead is definitely, it's more of, like, the tension type of horror. Like, because, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, like, there's, like, a, a power fantasy in the game where, you know, you're just mowing through, like, hordes of zombies. Mm-hmm. But these are hordes of zombies. Like, eventually, like, you sometimes might get overrun. Uh, they're, like, the special type of zombies that, you know, you have, like, the tank, you have the witch, like, that have, like, they're a little bit souped up. So it's, yeah. it, 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 you definitely feel the tension when you, you hear some of these zombies. But then, you know, when, you know, when you hear them and then finally when they show up on the screen and attack you. Exactly. Yeah, the the musical cues, um, you know, very horror inspired, um, and, and just the 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 basic gameplay of it. Um, even though it is so fast paced, there are moments like you mentioned the witch. That's perfect. Like you know, it, it there they introduce those moments for you to feel that tension, slow things down, and really make things matter. And it's um, all organic. Exactly. Um, like the the game has like a AI that's you know constantly reading what all the players are doing. So every time you play a level, you're um it's not going to be the same. 
Uh, they'll see if you guys are doing really well, they'll throw in some special zombies and vice versa. If you're just getting swamped, sometimes it might, you know, throw it in a bow and you might be able to find better weapons or something like that. But, yeah. um, since it's an older, I'm not going to say older game, but, um, you know, it's not accessible to a lot of people now, uh, definitely check out World War Z. Like, that's a really close, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, it doesn't capture the magic of Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're both they're both different, and they both have particular you know things about them that make them different. Mm-hmm. But if you want that experience of you know going through a level, it being random, and sort of like that tension that yeah. you got from Left 4 Dead, it's definitely worth picking up. I want to play that. I really do because um, it sounds cool. Um, so the other game that always comes to mind i know like people are gonna be like oh yeah of course man like of course you would say that but like it's not just because i like the game like the game is great but i mean it really it does horror in a way that i just never i've just never experienced in a game um and that is bloodborne um bloodborne is the perfect horror game i think perfect for this month it's it's a lovecraftian uh victorian era horror game that that's what it is um there are so many uh elements miyazaki the, the director for this game like he understands um what makes good horror media um not just the music because there's not like a ton of it um just in when you're wandering from place to place but it's in the sound design it's Mm. in things that are slimy and 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 things that are um that don't sound right or things that uh the voices from certain like creatures aren't quite human but maybe to have that tinge of humanity that makes it that's just that much more unsettling and disturbing um i mean the, the opening of the game takes place in a, a a pretty standard village called yarnum and uh and you but but the villagers themselves don't seem quite human because they 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 speak in very garbled kind of uh old english and and they have guttural sounds that they use every time they attack you. So it doesn't sound like it just doesn't sound quite right. And everybody's kind of like really t- like kind of taller than you and almost like somewhat elongated in their structure. And just the way that like, again, the sound and the, the character designs themselves are pure nightmare fuel. Um, and, and the further you go into that game, the more fucked up it gets. So like to me, that's the pure, horror experience um it's definitely like a like the atmospheric horror yes absolutely absolutely i think more so than than almost any other horror game i've ever played it's it's astounding Uh, but yeah that that's those are the some of the ones that come up for me how about for you chris well um for me i well i'll go ahead and run through what i'm gonna play this month and what i'm gonna stream um I, of course, I'm going to shout out Until Dawn, and we sort of already touched on that. Like, that's type of, that's the type of horror game where it, rem- it sort of removes the power trip fantasy as, because like, you're, you're not in hundred, you're not in control of the character 100%. You're more or less reacting to what's going on in the environment and it's telling a story. So, um, it, it's a, it's the way they build the game. It's definitely built like a like a 90s slasher movie 
So, um, like, if you watch anything like Scream or um, I know what you did last summer, like some some old school movies. I know that might be over some people's some of our viewers' heads, <laughs> but um, it's you know it has like a certain feel to it, and that's what it feels like. Um, and I just I just love like story driven games narrative games and uh that sort of leads into the the next game by them man of medan uh sort of similar um uh like functionally but they added a co-op feature which you know uh nita she shouted out and i think me and her might get some sessions in this month um but same same thing where it's telling a story it's telling like you know some sort of horror story and you're you're more or less controlling the narrative by sort of giving like a character choice of like you know where they're going or what they're doing but for the most part like you're not really a physically attacking whatever is chasing you it's more or less you're <laughs> you're running away from it um yeah. i touched on this game a couple months ago but i'm gonna jump back into it but it's another one of these games another one of these like uh visual novel type games but it's uh erica oh okay yeah so so, so you are gonna stream that again or is you're just saying yeah. like hey this is a, okay. okay yeah so yes yeah, so i'm gonna stream that um erica and that one's more that's like a uh it's like F- fmv so oh, it's right. it's literally like you're like watching a movie or something. So that's something that I like about it. Um and it the game itself has like that atmosphere of like it's once again like a horror movie and it's suspenseful. Um you know, you're in a I'm not gonna say like a crazy home, but you sort of put in an area where, you know, things just don't seem right. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out what's going on. And you're trying to figure out like a it's like a murder mystery as well. You're trying to figure out who killed your parents. Um, I have two other games that, um, sort of while I was looking up this topic, I found out that they're actually pretty good horror games, and I sort of randomly bought them or and or received it through a service over the past couple of months. But those two games, it's Layers of Fear, and I picked that up on the Switch, and Lone Survivor. Um, okay. I don't know what system I have that on, but I know I have it somewhere. But, you know, both of those games are the type of games where, you know, thing, things don't really all, like always seem like it, it's not w- what it is. So, like, I know in Lone Survivor, there's a mechanic where you constantly have to, like, drink or eat to sort of keep your sanity up. Because yeah. if you don't, then, you know, things just start, you know, changing in the world. You're not really sure right. what's what. Yeah. So, you know, that's cool. Um, but I have three other games that I definitely want to shout out. I'm not necessarily playing it this month, but when I think horror games is what I think of. Um, I want to start this list off with, it's not really a game, but it definitely, it's, it's in, you know, the gaming hall of fame for being scary as shit. But PT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I wanted to mention. Yeah. Yeah. So PT, um, short named, you know, playable trailer. It was a playable demo, pretty much, for Silent Hills, but it got canceled. So once again, thanks Konami uh, for your for your excellent service to the gaming industry. And um, you know what's what was scary about that is like once again, you know, I'm using this word again, but the atmosphere. You know it. There's something about the game that, you know, it puts you in the shoes of this character. It's in first person. 
and you, you really, you felt like you were in this house. You felt like you were being chased by this ghost or being or whatever it is. And like that sense of unknown, that sense of, you know, suspense, it was there. It was, I mean, and it was really simple too. It was a simple, like, you know, you're in a loop, but certain things are changing. Um, you sort of have to do certain things to sort of make it into the next area. So they had some puzzles, but yeah. it, it, man, and it was like some, it, it got pretty dark. Well, I mean, it got really dark. And the, the thing I love about that in particular is, I mean, I love environmental storytelling and games in general. And th- that one just had it in spades, man. Um, and I, I love that the community just really came together and tried to solve that game <laughs> so so hard like so many videos and guides and like people just going what the actual fuck is happening right now um and yeah i mean look it, it, it's clever it's a really clever game it, mm-hmm. it, it, on, like on its face um and i think that was what it was like a puzzle box um a puzzle box? What am I talking about right now? I, I don't know why do, what I want to like a mystery box. I had mystery box in my in my head as I was saying that. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I mean it was just something where you had to literally kind of figure out things on the fly, and and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, and it's and it sort of inspired other games that you know sort of took that and tr- it, it they try to run with it, yeah. but it just wasn't the same. It was, it was just something about that that you know that demo that just had it had it had something going, but like I feel like, no, well, I mean, I, like I want to say I feel like the the full game wouldn't have been like that, but you know, with Hideo Kojima being behind it, I'm pretty sure it was going to get even more fucked up. Yeah, you're you're probably right. Yeah. Um. Next game I want to shout out is Dead Space. Good pick. Yeah another good one so dead space you know once again it you know you it's you're not playing as like you know a superhero or superhuman you're, you're playing you're essentially playing as a space engineer so um a lot of like the quote-unquote weapons in the game are actual like engineering like tools that you're sort of repurposing to become weapons Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, going through like this, you know, space station that, you know, something fucked up has happened and you're trying to figure out, you know, you know, what happened to his, you know, the main character's girlfriend, you know, is she still alive? Like what's going on? Where is she? Um, and I feel like that franchise, like I feel like Dead Space 2 was the high point of that franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead Space 3 sort of fell off. It, they, turned it more into an action game than a like suspense slash horror. Like mm. they, they I felt like that one had more of like the power fantasy. Mm, and yeah. that sort of that sort of, you know, like the first two games, you were you're basically trying to survive the whole time. Yeah, that's a good point. You you know I felt like every encounter in that game, like you barely made it out. Yeah, and that was the point though too, right? Like, I mean, when they advertised this game, the whole selling point initially was like, "Hey, you can dismember these monsters, and you're gonna have to because you can't just like straight up murder them like that, like or very easily. Like, you're supposed to cripple them first so they can not kill you as easily, um, whittle them down." 
and once again, like they sort of remove that power from you as in like, you know, your ammo is pretty limited. So yeah. not only, not only are you, you know, crippling these enemies to run away from them, but you're crippling the enemies and then sort of using those limbs to, uh, sort of repurpose them as weapons or as like, so like it's, it's something like I, I, at least for me playing through it, um, playing that way sort of took time to sort of like build up the, sh- the courage to do stuff like that, as opposed to just like shooting legs and just running. Right. But, but yeah, Dead Space, uh, definite shout out. I feel like that's definitely a, a game that sort of deserves a HD remax, remaster. I'm honestly surprised they haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but to round off this list, and I'm I'm surprised you didn't throw in any of the games on your list, but I want to throw in in particular Resident Evil Seven. I thought about it. I I thought about it. Um, I would say maybe, man, maybe not four. I mean, four is a horror. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think all of them are horror games, but they're different sorts of horror. Four through six are like action horror. Um, I was like, but is five a horror? I don't know. I feel like that one was more of like a. It was, it was, at least for me, it was more of like a comedy. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, I could see to that. Um, yeah, I mean, wait, so which one? You said the original one? No, uh, seven. Oh, seven, seven. Yeah, seven is the one I need to play, man. I need to play that. Oh man, all right. So with seven, what I really like about seven is that um, all of the Resident Evil games, for the most part. They're all, uh, third person games. So, you know, you have, you know, you see the whole body. You sort of have more, you're more aware of your surroundings. In Resident Evil 7, they sort of shifted that and made the game first person. So, funny story about Resident Evil 7 is that I, for the most part, only really played this game in VR. Mm-hmm. So not only is this game in first person, but playing it in VR, like I'm, literally thrown into the game. And when I say that that was like a whole different experience than playing the game, like just in first person with the controller, like it really felt like I was in that world. Like I was really like, you know, running away from these monsters. And that's, that's, that's pretty much how it played out for me was that at the beginning of the game, you know, I'm still like adjusting to, you know, getting my VR legs and still adjusting to the game. I I virtually felt, you know, powerless. Like, they, you know, I think at the beginning of the game, they give you, like, a knife and maybe a pistol, like, really early on. But um, for the most part, a lot of the enemies, especially some of, like, the boss enemies, like, you're you're running away from. You're not really engaging a lot of these uh, monsters. And then in VR, like like I said, you're... You're in this environment. So like having these, you know, grotesque figures literally in my face is scary. Like, yeah, absolutely. Scary yeah. as shit. Mm-hmm. And just the, 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 the sense of like, you know, not only learning how to play the game, but sort of overcoming fears and, mm. you know, Virtually feeling like stronger as I'm playing through this game. I literally went from, you know, running away from enemies to towards the end of the game, like actively hunting these motherfuckers down. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's funny. Like I, that was like, I think that was something that I streamed, um, a majority of. 
And like, that's something that some of the people that are like, uh, people in the comments, they're like, you know, people that watched me play most of the game, they're like, Chris, you know, you started this game running away from enemies and now towards the end of the game, you're, you're, you're basically running up to them and drop kicking them. Mm. Yeah. But, but I know, mean, that's, that's the thing though, is like, it, 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 the thing I commend Capcom on doing with that game particularly, and I mean, I played the demo, so I did play like a little bit of it, but, um, I, I love that they took a risk. They took a chance on a completely different type of Resident Evil experience. And according to you and a lot of other people, like, you know, they successfully, uh, captured that, that, the essence of, of that horror and, yep. and into first person. Yeah. So, um, and it's, and it's a game now that you could pretty much, you know, buy for pretty cheap. So if you see it on sale, definitely pick it up. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's what we have. Um, once again, we extend the conversation out to you guys. Uh, what are you guys playing? What are your favorite, you know, horror games? Like what, what makes a horror game scary to you? Let us know in the comments. Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you see us in person, let us know. Let's have a conversation about it. Um, but with that, that's episode 32 in the bag, man. Excellent. Good Love stuff. it. So, rolling out the red carpet on ourselves. Rod, what you got? <laughs> I love that. Um, man, uh, it's just, uh, I, I echo what you were saying in the beginning, man. It's a good time. It's a good time to be around, uh, to, to enjoy, you know, uh, the changing of the seasons, you know, enjoy that second summer while it lasts. I, I don't think that it will be around for much longer. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Yeah. And once again, you know, I, I always want to thank the listeners. I always want to thank you guys. You know, we, uh, we, we just, we love talking about video games. We love talking about just like, just the industry, the culture. Um, but I, I really want to shout out, you know, the, you know, the real day ones, the, um, and then also the newcomers, the new people that are coming in, people that I've noticed that are, you know, commenting, uh, more often whenever I post stuff. Like I really appreciate, you know, all of that. Um, but, you know, uh, we, we don't, you know, ask for, like, we're not doing this for sponsorship. We're not doing, like, you know, that's, I, I want to trust the process. So I know, like, you know, making money, that's not what's in my long game. Like, I, 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 I enjoy, actively enjoy what I'm doing. But all, all I really ask is, you know, hitting the subscribe button, you know, sharing the, the posts that we make liking you know the uh the post and then like just rating us on itunes like, yeah all of that stuff really helps us out yeah rating us on itunes literally takes two seconds if you made it this far into the show like we really appreciate you uh just rate us really quickly even leave a review if you want um rating really helps because it, it increases our visibility uh, mm-hmm. so that's really good yep and you know what rod i know that i'm not doing like the whole list of uh of like feel good daily quotes you know daily inspirations but i sort of want to go back to at least saying something like having a quote or saying something to sort of like for the listeners to simmer on and and this random quote actively is from a video game but you can really take it in certain in a, in a certain way that sort of picks you up mm-hmm. but a certain individual said the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It isn't what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Do you know who said that? Who? Motherfucking Mewtwo. 
goddamn Pokemon Chopping Gems. Sh- shut it down. Shut it down now. <laughs> and with that, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Stay beastly. Peace.